just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Thursday, tons to talk about, a lot of interesting stuff going on. As I'm recording this podcast, uh, it's just after midnight, Thursday morning. And we're supposed to be in the midst of this snowstorm. And don't get me wrong, we've had a fair amount of snow, five, six, seven inches maybe. And that's a lot for a lot of people, but uh, in this part of the country, in this state, in this city, that's not crazy. I mean, on the first dump, we got five, six inches. The next morning, we're out driving around. The roads are clear by seven, eight o'clock in the morning. So not a big deal. But they kept telling us that sometime between Wednesday and Thursday, we get up to maybe 20 inches. Sitting here at midnight in Thursday morning, I'm not seeing that kind of amount of snow as yet. That's not to say we won't. I hope we won't because it's always a pain in the ass and really kind of takes out a whole day for you. As fast as they'll clear it off, while it's snowing, that's the worst time to drive. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But if, it's, uh, uh, if it fizzles out and is not as bad as everybody thought, I'm fucking happy. So anyway, a lot of stuff happening this week. Oh, I want to tell you one thing. Uh, I talked to Dewey yesterday on his show, and he brought up the story I told about my granddaughter who likes to call me Grandpa Poopy Butt, which is more than fine with me. My family, we give each other shit, and the fact that she's not even three years old and spewing some shit already makes me kind of proud. <laughs> well, I got a weird text from my son last night. My granddaughter's just starting to learn to be potty trained, to go on the potty. And when we heard about it, we made sure to hype her up. Way to go, way to go, good job, you're a big girl, all that stuff. Well, apparently... Last night, my granddaughter said to my son, he said, I'm going to go potty on the potty. And he said, great, let's do that. Let's do that. And then she says, get grandma and grandpa on FaceTime. (laughs) So she wanted to be on the potty and be able to FaceTime with us. Now, my son thought that was weird. And I said, no, man, she's proud of what she's doing. She likes grandma and grandpa. She wants us to be part of it. So we were. And it might be a little weird. She she kind of balked at it at first, even though she really wanted to do it, but she did it. And she couldn't have been prouder of, her, of herself uh, going potty on the big potty, if you will. And can you imagine turning to a podcast called The Rational Boomer talking about politics? And this dumb fuck starts things off with a story about his granddaughter getting potty trained. It just goes back to what I've always said. This is my show. We'll talk about whatever the fuck I want and whatever the fuck you want. See, that's the thing. And I always had this notion when I was on radio. I'd always have guys in suits saying, you should do this. You should do that. Never fucking do it. I don't listen to guys in suits who don't know what they're talking about. But from time to time, I would get listeners saying, Mike, could you try this? This might be better. This could work. And I'd always listen to them. I'd always try to make the change. And if it worked, 
I kept it. And the same goes for you folks that are listening to this podcast. If you have suggestions or questions or whatever, I'm always ready to hear it. You're the only person I will take direction from because you are the folks listening. You are the boss in this situation. And that said, I have one email to read. This one comes from Dave. I don't think he's emailed before. He says, Mike, I like your style. You sound real and well-informed. You have a knack for making complicated issues comprehensible. Thank you for that. I'm a lifelong Republican moderate with left-leaning tendencies. I recently have identified as a Reno. Haven't heard that one before. He says, a Reno is a Republican that votes a straight blue ticket in two or more federal elections. Keep up the work, you crazy motherfucker. <laughs> so, now, see, this is just like, this is just like my, my granddad. I don't take offense to that. I use that term motherfucker quite a lot. And that isn't always a negative connotation. I mean, in the real sense, in the real meaning it is, but that term can be used in a positive way. Like if I said, that's a cool motherfucker, that would be positive. Or if I said, uh, uh, Donald Trump is a shit pants motherfucker, that would be a negative connotation. So it can go either way. And that's the wonderful thing about that word. You can use it in so many ways. And so, Dave, I take that as a compliment. No offense taken in that situation. And if this is your first email, and I think it is, write some more. Write some more questions, whatever you want to come on the show. Fuck it. We'll come on the show and you can call me motherfucker on the show. I don't care. We've got a lot of important stories on this show. And this one I bring up because... It's so fucking stupid. And I probably shouldn't start the show out with this, but it's also part of a very serious news story. This is about that train derailment in Ohio with all those toxic fumes and fluids going all over the place. Our Governor DeWine didn't do shit. Uh, Joe Biden offered to help, and he pretty much set him aside. And then they tried to blame Biden for not doing anything. No, it's the motherfucking governor. But guess who showed up there? <laughs> Dirty diaper Donnie Trump. Now, there's an old saying in politics, never let a crisis go to waste. And Donald Trump is somebody who capitalizes on crisis all the time. You'll remember when Puerto Rico had the hurricane and his help was to go down hold a rally, and start throwing paper towels all over the place. He really thought he did something there. All he really did is insult people who were struggling and suffering. But that's okay with Donald Trump. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. So it looks like former President Donald Trump heeded that advice on Wednesday. He visited the site of this derailment. Trump made the, vision, uh, the visit even though he no longer has the ability to declare the town a disaster area or any of the other things a president can do in the event of a tragedy. Part of the reason he went there is because Joe Biden didn't go there, even though he's given all kinds of help to those folks in Iowa or Ohio. But the reason Donald Trump went there is to kind of illustrate how Joe Biden didn't. He was kind of on a libtard. Well, it didn't work out that well. Turns out he has a lot of balls. 
<laughs> at least in this situation. And apparently a whole bunch of bottles of, you guessed it, Trump spring water. Yeah, he had his own branded spring water. So the former president brought the water, which was labeled Trump spring water, to East Palestine, along with some bottled water he said was of a much lesser quality. <laughs> so he brought the Trump water, and he said, this other stuff I brought, too, because I didn't have enough of the Trump spring water. It's less quality, but it's water. Although some Twitter users speculated the bottles were actually Trump Ice, a designer water brand, discontinued in 2010. The bottles were labeled Trump Spring Water, a brand available at various Trump properties. Not in retail stores, not in grocery stores. If you happen into Mar-a-Lago, you can buy the Trump Spring Water there. And, and, and here's this. Here's the exact example of how Donald Trump is a self-serving piece of shit. You've got people struggling and suffering down there. So he says, I'll bring some water, but I'm going to bring my water just to maybe sell more Trump spring water. Maybe he's going to try to get it into the grocery stores and such. Now, the publication, The Independent, noted that it couldn't immediately verify what percentage of the bottles donated by Trump were branded with his name. The water bottles and the desperate need to make himself the center of attention amid a tragic situation reminded some people, of course, of Puerto Rico and tossing paper towels out there. People are getting sick. People are scared to death. So what does he do? He brings bottles of water, which really contradicts what the governor and the mayor of the town have said. They're trying to convince people that the water is safe. Now, whether that's true or not, who really knows? But Donald Trump said it's probably not safe, so drink the Trump spring water, for Christ's sake. Now, other Twitter users had strong reactions over Trump's visit to the town, whose residents have been left guessing about the quality of their municipal water. I mean, they tell you it's fine, but government tends to lie to people. Now, what was spilled there is something called vinyl chloride. Not something you want to ingest. That's pretty dangerous. And other chemicals were released in the derailment. And skepticism remains about declarations that the water is safe to drink. I got to tell you, I wouldn't drink the water for a while. That wouldn't be a good move. And, of course, Donald Trump trying to get attention. He's a fucking attention whore and trying to make some money in the long run. He did donate the water, but he made sure everybody knew that the Trump spring water was the absolute best. So when it's all said and done, they can go to their grocery stores and say, you need to get Trump spring water. Leave it to Donald Trump to try to make money off people that are struggling and suffering. That's the kind of piece of shit he is. Now, we had some big news with Jack Smith and uh, the DOJ and the investigation into the January 6th insurrection. Special counsel Jack Smith overseeing the Justice Department's investigation into Donald Trump's attempt to stay in power has put out a number of subpoenas to Pence and to Meadows and all that sort of thing. Well, yesterday... He subpoenaed Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, according to multiple reports. 
Now, when we've talked about this before, I said, uh, and I've heard from other sources too, that when an investigation starts, they start at the bottom, like these clowns that broke into the Capitol, and they work themselves up to the top. Well, if they're at Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, you can't get much higher than that. That's got to tell us they're getting close and closing the noose around Donald Trump. And I'm sure Donald Trump knows this. Now, some people will say, well, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner will probably take it to court just like Mike Pence has and delay this thing. Well, they can't really do that because they've already testified in front of the January 6th committee. And if there were some issues with uh, whatever their claims might be, they would have played out with the J6 committee, but they didn't. So they're kind of stuck now testifying in front of Jack Smith. Now, you know, I suppose they could give the uh, the Fifth Amendment or I forgot, I don't know. Apparently Ivanka, Ivanka Trump has that tendency, doesn't remember anything. But none of that's going to work well for her. As much as they're um, being subpoenaed and going to testify, that doesn't suggest that they aren't targets of this investigation, that they may not get indictments. Now, one of the things I'm thinking about here is that maybe, just maybe, given that Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner have tried to get as far away from Donald Trump as they can, no one knows better than Ivanka Trump how crazy and stupid Donald Trump is. She sees the writing on the wall. She's not as stupid as Donald Trump. The closer she stays to, to him, the more chance she's going to be implicated in something. Well, chances are they uh, are going to be implicated in something. Unless, unless they give Jared and Ivanka immunity to testify. And you're probably thinking to yourself, would Ivanka, Donald Trump's daughter, really throw Donald Trump under the bus? Fuck yeah, they would. Ivanka and Jared are young people. They have big futures in front of them. They have kids. They have families. Not like Donald Trump. Donald Trump's at the end of his expiration date. But not Ivanka and Jared. They know what kind of human being Donald Trump is. And they also know that if they don't throw Donald Trump under the bus, well, then maybe Donald Trump will throw them under the bus. You know that's going to come. As soon as the indictments hit, Donald Trump is going to blame anybody and everybody he can, including his own family members. Special Counsel Jack Smith subpoenaed Donald Trump's daughter and son-in-law to testify before the federal grand jury about the 2020 election and Trump's trying to overturn it. And uh, it, in my, my mind, in my estimation, they, uh, they will testify. Both Ivanka Trump and Kushner were active in her father's 2016 campaign before serving as White House advisors. Now, if you talk to anybody that had any sense during the Trump administration, they were concerned about Ivanka and Kushner. They seemed to be real interested in trying to make money for themselves, and they didn't really seem to know what they were doing. Now, the interesting thing is, she was in, uh, Ivanka was in the Oval Office with her father on January 6th when he called Vice President Mike Pence to pressure him to abuse his power as Senate president and block the congressional certification of the Electoral College results. 
See, that's interesting. They want Mike Pence to testify, but they may not need Mike Pence to testify because Ivanka and some other people were in the room when Donald Trump was pressuring Mike Pence. Mike Pence can puss out, but Ivanka Trump is presumably going to tell the truth. She kind of already did tell the truth to the January 6th committee. She was asked about talking uh, Trump talking to Mike Pence, and she said she heard uh, pretty strong language and a tone she wasn't familiar with out of her father. So that's going to go a long way in testimony, especially if she gets immunity. Now, I don't know for sure if that's going to happen, but that would be my play. You know, Ivanka and Jared probably have some issues of their own. I mean, I think Jared is going to have some problems explaining why he got $2 billion after he left the White House. But that's a whole different topic. If they're going to give her immunity or him immunity, it's only going to be on this topic uh, in terms of the insurrection. Both of these folks could still be in trouble. We know that Ivanka was involved in the inauguration and all the financial fraud that went on there. I think she's still under the microscope for that. Jared Kushner, here's a guy that couldn't get uh, get uh, a security clearance, yet he's dealing with Saudi Arabia, and then all of a sudden pockets $2 billion to manage, even though Jared Kushner has never managed money, never worked for anybody but his father and his father-in-law. This guy thinks he's a smart guy, and maybe he went to a fancy college, but Dad did go to jail, and Jared is the apple that doesn't fall too far from the tree. Ivanka was also with her father during his rally at the Ellipse near the White House, where Trump supporters gathered before many went on that violent attack at the Capitol. Kushner had returned from overseas trip that day and arrived at the White House hours after the pro-Trump mob attacked. He was not there, but that doesn't mean he wasn't involved in, in the planning or strategizing. Now, both these two, as I said, testified before the House January 6th committee. They said they tried to convince the president to tell the rioters, uh, the rioters to go home and to commit to a peaceful transfer of power to Biden. Ivanka Trump also testified that she believed there was no evidence of widespread election fraud contrary to her father's claims. And the reason she believed that is because Attorney, Ger- Attorney General William Barr said that, and she said that she respected his opinion. The Justice Department appointed Smith in November, of course, to take over its probe of Donald Trump's role in the insurrection. Um, The former president said he won't partake in any probe conducted by the special counsel. Well, sure, he may not testify, but I got to tell you what, if he gets indicted, he sure as hell is going to participate. Now, in addition to Ivanka Trump and Kushner, Smith has also reportedly subpoenaed Donald Trump's former campaign officials, local election officials, and Pence. Pence has been critical of Trump's behavior during the January 6th attack and has dismissed his claims that Democrats engaged in voter fraud, yet he's refusing to talk. He's going to fight this thing. 
Now, the former vice president said he plans to fight Smith's subpoena by arguing that it violates the speech debate, which really doesn't work. He would have had to be a member of Congress, and of course, he was the vice president. So it's a long shot for him that's not going to work. Pence has also condemned the FBI's raid on Trump's home, saying that entering Mar-a-Lago to reclaim classified documents sent a wrong and divisive message to Americans. No, actually, Mike, you know what sent a wrong and divisive message to Americans? When a former president steals 40 boxes of classified documents, many of them top secret, even above top secret, brought them to his home, hid them, and then lied to the FBI about them. The only reason that they searched his home is because Donald Trump would not comply with the subpoena, would not comply with anything. He wouldn't even talk to them, so they really had no choice but to search his home. Jack Smith is definitely turning up the heat here. He's turning up the heat, and uh, I think we're getting very close. As I said, you know, they go from the bottom to the top, and they're at Ivanka and Jared Kushner now and Mike Pence. That would tell us that, well, he's probably close to the end of the investigation. And then all that would leave from the grand jury is indictments. Now, talking about indictments, we've got this big story about the Georgia grand jury foreman, Emily Kors, decision to go on TV and discuss certain aspects of the special grand jury investigating election misconduct in the state. That's triggered outrage from legal experts, many of whom argued it could undermine any indictments that investigation ultimately produces. And frankly, that's bullshit. You know, we're not talking about a federal grand jury. We're talking about the state of Georgia, and the state of Georgia has different rules than a federal grand jury has. The judge said people could speak to the press. He said they would be limited on what they could talk about, and she gave out no names or nothing specific, just general feelings. She really did nothing wrong. Now, that said... I sense something odd about this woman. She was really enjoying the attention, which, you know, you kind of get. But she just, there was something off about her. I'm not saying she's lying because she probably isn't. I just don't understand why she did it. In fact, if you look back in history, there's never been a grand juror, especially uh, a foreman or forewoman, come out and give testimony before anything's been done. Now, sometimes they'll do it after indictments have been sent out and all is done, but she did it before then. I got to think that Fonnie Willis isn't happy about it, but it's, it's, it's really not going to ruin anything. She didn't do anything illegal. And I did a TikTok, and I want to bring this up. For those of you that are on TikTok, there's a guy... I'll just tell you his name. He's done it a couple times. I saw another TikTok. Uh, his name is Won't Be Silent. Now, I'm a, a friend of his. I have a lot of respect for the guy. He's a smart guy. He's good at what he does. But something's going on with him because he did a TikTok where he was saying, I've always said nothing's going to come out of Georgia. It's going to be a big nothing burger. 
And that's just not true. I don't know where he's getting that from. If there's going to be an indictment from the first spot, it's probably going to be Georgia. But then he sees this forewoman come out and talk the way she did. He goes, oh, there you go. She's a plant. Now everything that she brought up is inadmissible in court. Again, which is not true. It's not true. I mean, did this guy go to the dark side or what the fuck is he doing? It's, it's, it's really, really ridiculous. But this is what you're going to hear. You're going to hear a lot of people say, well, because she talked, it's going to ruin the deal. She was a plant and Donald Trump and all of them will get off. That is bullshit. That is not what's going to happen. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. We're going to talk about Emily Kors further here. Uh, Now, according to CBS News' Robert Costa, lawyers representing some Trump allies involved in the probe are planning to use that interview as a basis of challenging any indictments their clients may face. They won't win. If not this, there would be something else they would try to delay. All I'm saying right now is I want the indictments and then let them flop around trying to deal with the indictments. I'm not even worried about convictions yet. Let's just get the indictments. But there's a former federal prosecutor, a gentleman by the name of Shan Wu, said, but not so fast. He wrote in an article in the Daily Beast, Core's interview is a potential headache for Georgia prosecutors, but it probably won't doom upcoming indictments. To start with, Coors was the foreperson of a special grand jury that will produce only a report and recommendations. The special grand jury cannot issue indictments. It's not up to the special grand jury because the Georgia case precedent set by the Georgia Court of Appeals in Kennerly and Georgia does not allow a special grand jury to indict. This offers insulation from any eventual charging decisions because if Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis wants to charge, she must present the evidence to a different non-special grand jury that is empowered to indict, which she either has done or is in the process of doing. So they can whine and cry all they want about it. The special grand jury can't issue indictments. Now, Wu continued to argue by saying, by the time Coors granted interviews, the special grand jury had not only made its report and recommendations, it had also been dissolved, meaning that it can't possibly have influence or influence the conclusions of the group. And furthermore, Coors did not actually reveal any secret grand jury material in the interviews, like the names of people who were recommended for indictment. She only discussed things like how she felt through the process. You're going to hear a lot of people saying, oh, this is going to ruin it. This is going to get Donald Trump off. Do not listen to that stuff. That is bullshit. You know, and I said on the TikTok, I I don't understand for the life of me. Now, here's a guy who's a Democrat, who's a Trump hater like me. And he spent the last six years. Well, I don't know how long he's been on, maybe two, three years. But he's done pretty much the same thing I've done little different style, of course, uh, and I don't really know him. We, we, we've talked in DMs and stuff. He's always trying to pull together some group of people to do something. He's asked me a couple times, and I, you know, I don't join groups. I'm not really doing that. I just do my thing, and 
I don't want to be in a group of a bunch of people who are going to tell me how I should do something or when I should do something. So I never really partook in, in, in that kind of thing. But, I, you know, I don't have any ill will toward the guy. I have a lot of respect for the things he's done. But the last couple of days seeing the TikToks he's done really kind of anger me. And it's not my anger at him. It's my anger of people who jump on these bandwagons. And I'm talking about Democrats now, the ones that say, oh, nothing's going to happen. He's going to get away just like they always get away. Well, that's not going to happen in Georgia. There are more, most certainly going to be indictments. Fonnie Willis wouldn't have gone through all these things, this two-year-long investigation, this special grand jury, and now a grand jury. None of this would be happening if they thought there was no chance for indictments. Now, this woman... This Emily Coors talked about the report from the special grand jury. Again, remember, they can't put out indictments. It's the regular grand jury that has to do that. But she gave out some interesting information. She said there were multiple um, recommendations for indictments, as many as 12. And some of these people would be names that we recognize. Some might not because they may be the fake special electors for the um, uh, electoral college, they're going to be going through some shit too. But if there was any crimes committed, it had to go from the top to the bottom. She was asked specifically, was Donald Trump one of the people that are recommended to, to get an indictment? And she would not say that. What she did say was that there'll be no surprises here. There'll be no surprise ending on this. This is not rocket science. Now, of course, the, this crime began with Donald Trump and his phone call to Brad Raffensperger asking for 11,780 votes. She said that's how they started the grand jury, and they went over quite a bit. She also said a number of people weren't forthcoming either by lying, and they know that from getting uh, testimony from other people that contradicted what these people were saying. And so she also said that there were quite a number of people that had immunity. That's even more interesting. I mean, think about that. If you had six, seven, eight, nine people that have immunity, that means they gave up evidence. They threw Donald Trump and whoever was around him under the bus. That's a lot of people to give evidence. And you have to presume these are people that are in the know that were close to Donald Trump or the situation. She also said that there was one person that was uh, testifying and uh, he was offering up the Fifth Amendment. He wasn't forthcoming. And then the, the, the Fonnie Willis said, listen, man, um, if we were to give you immunity, would you be more likely to answer these questions? He said, yeah. So they went back with the judge, came out a short time later. This guy's got immunity. Now he's flapping his lips like nobody's business. There's a lot of shit that has come out in this situation in Georgia. And to suggest that nothing is going to happen is absolutely absurd. There are going to be indictments here. 
We don't know for sure if Donald Trump is going to get indictment, but everything we've heard now suggests he will. I mean, he's the top of the pyramid. He's the one that started this avalanche avalanche of crimes. So, of course, he's going to get an indictment. Now, if they want to come after this Emily Coors and try to use it to delay things, they can do that all they want. But it isn't going to affect the court case, and it isn't really going to delay anything because she did nothing wrong. I don't care if a Republican tells you that or a Democrat tells you that. They're full of shit. She didn't do anything wrong. If she did, don't you think something would have happened, some ramification for what she did? She stuck to the rules that the judge laid out. She was more than, um, more than uh, fine talking to the media, as long as she didn't give out the secretive stuff, which is exactly what happens. But this is what Trumplefucks do. They take the most minute thing, they'll expand it, they'll exaggerate it, and they'll try to turn it into something. But if you watched closely the last couple of years, every time they've tried to do that, they failed. It's just a minor delay, if anything at all. Or they'll run it to a court case, the court will throw it out or not even listen to it, and they will always lose. What happened with this woman giving this interview will not stop the indictments from coming. The only place it might come into play is once the indictments are issued, They might try to argue it at that point, but they won't win. They can't win. They have no standing. There's no basis in fact for their argument. They're desperate at this point, and they just will grab at anything, grab at any straw, but it won't work, just like nothing has worked the last two years. So I take offense to whether it be Republicans or a Democrat saying, oh, we're fucked now. Everything's inadmissible. You don't know that. Like in the instance with this guy, he's not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. He certainly knows what's going on here, and he knows better about this. I don't know why he's doing it, but it kind of pisses me off. I may, in fact, just unfollow this guy because I don't like watching people that piss me off. I like to be informed or entertained. If you piss me off, I have no fucking use for you. So (laughs) we'll see. But if you think... If you think that the Georgia investigation and the prospect of indictments is going to be a bust and that there will be all this evidence that's inadmissible, don't. That's bullshit. That's not going to happen. I don't care who tells you that's going to happen. I will guarantee you there will be indictments coming out of Georgia and probably coming fairly soon. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we will be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So you might remember that when the report from the special grand jury in Fulton County came out, Donald Trump was excited. He thanked the special grand jury because what came out, even though it was redacted, even though it wasn't the full report, it did not mention Donald Trump's name. 
So he comes out and says, well, it didn't mention my name, so I'm totally exonerated. Not unlike what he did with the Mueller report. He wasn't exonerated in the Mueller report. He's certainly not exonerated in this uh, report from the special grand jury. I mean, Donald Trump is the tip of the spear of this entire investigation. He's the one that made the call to Brad Raffensperger that is recorded, and he said, I want 11,780 votes. Find them for me. Well, Donald Trump seemed to be pretty uh, happy about what he saw because he thought he was totally exonerated. But apparently he's changed his mind now, and it's largely due to this uh, chairwoman from the special grand jury that came out and gave her interview. Maybe, I don't know if he was blindsided here and realized, maybe I'm not exonerated. Oh, this is fucking crazy. Now, This Coors woman has spoken to multiple media outlets about her experience on the grand jury in Georgia, and she's hinting that multiple indictments could be in the works potentially for Trump himself, too. And this, not surprisingly, pissed Trump off. And on Wednesday, he said, this case is ridiculous. It's ridiculous? You mean the same case that you said exonerated you? It seems like you flip-flop here a little bit, Donnie. He went on to say, this Georgia case is ridiculous, a strictly political continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. Now you have an extremely energetic young woman that, uh, get this, four-person of the racist DA's special grand jury going around and doing a media tour revealing incredibly the grand jury's inner workings and thoughts, Trump wrote. Well, that's not true. She didn't give away any secrets. And I have to wonder, is Donald Trump upset about this woman potentially implicating him in this crime? Or is he mad that she's getting more attention than he is? He likes to be the center of attention. And this Emily Coors, at least for a couple of days is getting a lot more. Now, the grand jury in Georgia election interference probe concluded its work, as I've said, in January. They talked to 75 witnesses. They recommended indictments, but that doesn't mean they are actual charges or that the charges are inevitable. Now, as I've said, the special grand jury can recommend indictments, but it's the regular grand jury that has to issue those indictments. I feel pretty comfortable in saying that after all they've gone through, after all the investigations, after going through the special grand jury, there's going to be some indictments. Now, at the center of this case is the phone call that I've talked about a couple of times. Trump made to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, where the then president appeared to pressure his fellow Republican into finding thousands of votes in favor of in his favor, that weren't there. Trump appeared to defend the call in his true social post and suggested crime in Atlanta was a reason for prosecutors to ignore a case involving him as that should be prioritized over his two perfect calls. Well, there's an oldie but a goodie. When this first happened, we first heard the recording, I made two perfect calls. I think he made some perfect calls to Zelensky in Ukraine, too. Well, apparently Donnie Trump doesn't know what a perfect call is because he didn't make a perfect call in Georgia. What he did is committed a crime in that call. 
Now, as much as he may want to say he didn't or try to cloud the issue, not going to work. As we heard from Emily Coors, the uh, foreperson, that was the first thing they looked at. That's how they started off the special grand jury. So it obviously is an important part of the investigations. And as I said, that basically puts Donald Trump at the tip of the spear. Donald Trump went on to say, this is not justice. This is an illegal kangaroo court. An illegal kangaroo court. So then are you telling me there are some legal kangaroo courts? And if so, where are they? (laughs) Trump also said Atlanta is leading the nation in murder. What that has to do with anything, I don't know. And other violent crimes. All I did is make two perfect phone calls. Well, Donnie, there's a lot of people that disagree with you. A lot of people that disagree with you. Brad Raffensperger disagrees with you. You know, Brad Raffensperger, they interviewed him recently. We know that uh, Lindsey Graham made a couple of calls to Brad Raffensperger. And Brad Raffensperger has stood up and answered all the questions that were ever asked of him and was pretty forthcoming about them, about Donald Trump and about Lindsey Graham. Now, Lindsey Graham would have you believe that he was just doing his job as a senator, finding out what the process is to count votes, which is weird because he's a South Carolina senator calling Georgia. I don't know how that works necessarily. But Brad Raffensperger was told what Lindsey Graham said that he was actually doing. And Brad Raffensperger basically said, yeah, no, that's not true. He did what he did. I know what he did. I was on the call. Now, I don't know if there's recordings of that call, but I got to think somebody like Lindsey Graham's a little fucking nervous at this point. I think we're going to see Georgia come to a head sometime soon. We're pretty well down the road on this. Special grand jury, they present it to the grand jury. Next step is indictments. And I think we're pretty close on those indictments. I think the DOJ is getting close, at least with regards to the January 6th insurrection. As I've said, they're talking to Ivanka and Jared now, and that's about as high as you can go before reaching the uh, demonic diaper Donnie dipshit. And I don't know that he'll get subpoenaed, and even if he does get subpoenaed, he probably won't go, but it won't be necessary, because even if he did get subpoenaed, he'll either plead the fifth or he won't tell the truth. Everything that's going to convict Donald Trump is already on the fucking table. They probably don't even need Ivanka and Jared at this point. They just want to corroborate things. And if Ivanka and Jared don't want to go to jail, spend the rest of their life in jail, They're going to throw Daddy Diaper Donnie dipshit Donnie Trump under the bus. And I really believe that that's what they're going to do. That's really the only choice they can make. They've clearly committed crimes because they were part of this. Even though they're saying now, well, I told uh, Diaper Donnie to uh, call the dogs off, but he never did it. Well, that's nice enough, Ivanka and Jared. But where were you in the lead-up to this, in the planning and the strategizing? Sure, you wanted to jump off the bandwagon when you see it was going to shit and you knew you might go to jail. But prior to that, 
I got a feeling there might be some implications. You might be culpable for some crimes leading up to January 6th. All right, let's talk about uh, something off the top. Well, it's not really off the topic of politics, but it seems ironic. You know, we talk a lot about Florida and Ron DeSantis. Everybody's worried that Ron DeSantis is going to run for president. And as I've told you before, don't worry. Ron DeSantis will be torn to shit by the time 2024 comes along. He won't be the obvious choice for the candidate of the Republican Party. It just won't happen. And we know we've got a lot of troubles with guns in this country. In Florida, the way it's being run now by this dipshit dictator, Ron DeSantis, they've got a lot of problems. A member of a crew for Spectrum News 13 in Orlando was shot and killed on Wednesday while he was covering a fatal shooting that happened earlier in the day. Let me repeat that. There was a fatal shooting in Orlando. Three people were killed. A news crew from something called Spectrum News 13 went out to film it and tell the story. Well, (laughs) one of the reporters, I believe it was a reporter, got shot and killed himself. What are you running out there, Ronnie DeSantis? Is it a tombstone out there all over the state? The assailant shot and wounded at least one other member of the news crew. This is after he shot and killed three people. Afterward, police say the suspect then shot a woman and her nine-year-old daughter, the latter of whom died. Her mother is reportedly in critical condition. Police arrested 19-year-old Keith Melvin Moses in connection with the shootings, which were reported about 4 or 5 p.m., the news crew was covering a shooting in Pine Hills, just outside of Orlando, where a 20-year-old woman was shot to death earlier Wednesday morning. Officials said they believe Moses is responsible for all three of those killings. So this guy killed three people. He's still out bopping around. I don't know where the Orlando police are. He's still out bopping around. The news crews show up, and he shoots those motherfuckers, too. Police said Moses knew the 20-year-old victim. Now, this Moses fuck has been formally charged for the murder of a woman in her 20s, authorities said, adding that it's expected he'll be charged with two additional shootings. Local 10 News reported he has an extensive violent criminal history and was armed with a handgun when he was taken into custody, according to the Orange County Sheriff John Mina. Spectrum News 13 said it's not releasing the names of the crew members at this time. Well, what are you going to do, Ronnie? People just running all over the place and uh, shooting people and killing innocent people. See, this is what I mean about Ron DeSantis. With all the things that are going on with Disney and guns and schools and burning books and all this stuff, Ron DeSantis isn't going to have a good reputation come next year. And this is why he's not going to be a candidate. There's not going to be the groundswell of popularity with Ron DeSantis. Give it a little time, and he will fuck himself, just like his Lord and Savior Donald Trump does. Give him some rope. Let him talk. Let him do what they do. That motherfucker will kill himself 
politically speaking, in the end. Because while Ron DeSantis might be a bit smarter than Donald Trump, but keep in mind everybody's smarter than Donald Trump, he's still arrogant enough, still enough of a narcissist to fuck up. All right. <laughs> These next few are, are, are just illustrations of how stupid fucking Trump fucks are. There's this Alaskan lawmaker. Now, he has a history of incendiary remarks. He was censured by the state house Wednesday after he said it has to be argued that the case of fatal child abuse can be a cost of savings because the child won't need related government services. Listen to what I said there, and this is what he said. He's basically saying that, you know, you have child abuse and you have to pay money out to take care of those abused children, but if they end up dead, we save money. So it's a win-win, right? That's what this dumb fuck said out loud. The House voted 35 to 1 to censure Republican Representative David Eastman of Wasilla. You know who else is um, from Wasilla? It's that fucking crazy-ass vice presidential candidate for, uh, for, uh, with John McCain back in the day, Sarah. You remember Sarah. Now, the only person that voted against censuring him was him. <laughs> That was he was the one vote that said, "Yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't censor Eastman because he's Eastman." Eastman was previously censored in 2017 over comments he made suggesting that there are women in Alaska who try to get pregnant to get a free trip to the city for abortions. Wow, this motherfucker! So what he's saying here is that women just go out and get pregnant so they get free transportation to the city and live it up and get a free abortion. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is going on in Alaska? During a committee hearing Monday on adverse childhood experiences, Eastman asked the testifier how he would respond to the argument that I have heard on occasion, wherein the case where child abuse is fatal, Obviously, it's not good for the child, but it's actually a benefit to society because there's not a need for government services that the child would otherwise be entitled to to if they had lived. How does he not see how fucking ridiculous that is? Well, he died, but we're probably better off if he died. You know, we wouldn't have to pay any money for child services. So like I say, it's a win-win. This dumb fuck. Trevor Storrs, president and CEO of the Alaska Children's Trust, asked Eastman to repeat what he said. Did you say a benefit for society? Eastman said, talking dollars, referencing a figure in a document provided to the committee that was related to cost associated with neglect and abuse. Bucker really said that. He really fucking said that. Now, Storrs called the loss of a child unmeasurable. Representative Andrew Gray of 
an Anchorage Democrat who brought the censure motion Wednesday, said Eastman should be censured for his offensive, insulting, and unsubstantiated statements that undermine the dignity of the House. Yeah, I would say so. Gray said he was also speaking as a parent. Eastman said Gray impugned his motives and character and labeled as outrageous and unacceptable. Any suggestion that he or members of his district support child abuse when I've staked my entire political career arguing the opposite. We're not saying that you don't, that, 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 that you like child abuse. We're saying that you feel if the child dies, that's a net positive. That's what we're fucking saying, you dipshit motherfucker. Okay, well, that's, you know, on this show, I talk about one or two stupid examples of Trump I got a bunch here. Now, get this guy. This guy's in Alabama, and I guess we wouldn't be surprised by that. He's a Alabama representative, Barry Moore. He's a staunch gun rights supporter. (laughs) He is proposing that the AR-15 rifle should be the national gun of America. Is that a thing? Do we have a national gun of America? And he thinks an AR-15 should be that national gun, in spite of the fact there's well over 100 mass shootings where an AR-15 has been used. The Second Amendment is an American right as a freedom of speech, religion, and the press, Moore wrote on Twitter Tuesday evening. Today I unveiled my bill to make the AR-15 the national gun's of America. We must send a message that we will meet every attack on any of our constitutional rights. Again, he said that shit out loud. And he thinks he's doing something. He thinks he's making a good point. Now, along with the tweet, Moore shared photos of himself speaking with a gun shop clerk. Oh, that's great. A publication online reported that the store is in Troy, Alabama. Congressional records indicate that the bill was first introduced by Moore on Friday, but the House has not received the full text. If Moore's proposal were to make it through both the GOP-controlled House and the Democratic-controlled Senate, the AR-15 would take its place beside some of the nation's most coveted symbols, like the U.S. flag that was approved by Congress. In 1777. Now we know the AR-15, pretty popular amongst fuck-ups, is often used by hunters, competitors, millions of Americans seeking home defense guns, and many others who simply enjoy going to the gun range, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Now it's been years and years since I've hunted, but I know people that hunt And there is no way that an AR-15 is appropriate or even effective as a hunting gun for whatever kind of prey you're looking for. That's just fucking stupid. I think I've told this story before. I know people who own guns. I know one guy that owns three AR-15s. On a rare occasion, he will go to the shooting range. I swear to God, they just get off on having them stored in a closet someplace to say, I got an AR-15. And let's be perfectly honest. If someone's breaking into your home, the average fat white guy 
is not going to pull out the AR-15 and protect himself. He's going to go hide under the bed and call 911. There are like 20 million AR-15 style weapons in circulation throughout the U.S. In total, American citizens own around 393 million guns. Now keep in mind, the entire population of this country is about 330 million. So we've got more guns than we've got people. Why is that necessary? Moore's home state of Alabama also ranks eighth in the nation for gun ownership, with about 55.5% of Alabamans owning firearms. Moore has been repeatedly vocal for gun rights in America, including receiving an A rating from the National Rifle Association, the NRA, in 2020. Oh, he's got to be proud of that, that bankrupt, fucking corrupt organization. The two-term congressman was also one of 204 Republicans who voted against a package of gun law reforms in 2022. So what that means is um, if you're worried about your safety, yeah, don't go to Alabama. Now, I've never been to Alabama. I'm sure it's a beautiful state, and I'm sure there's a lot of lovely people there. But uh, like Florida, when you see the mess that they have, and the potential dangers, why would you even fucking go? Okay, I'm not done with the stupid motherfuckers yet. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, the queen of the dumb fucks, was slammed by MSNBC's Joy Reid on Wednesday for her remark earlier this week that black people in America should be proud to see statues of the people who enslaved them. Oh, fuck, you're trying too hard, Marjorie, and you fail every time you fucking do it. This comes after the far-right congresswoman drew national outrage for advocating Republican-controlled states and Democratic-controlled states should secede from one another. (laughs) She even said that in the Constitution, it says we—no, Nikki Haley said this. It says in the Constitution that we can do this. No, it doesn't. You're making shit up just to substantiate your story, but your story is bullshit and you have no substantiation. Marjorie Taylor Greene is still in our lives and providing her unique brand of national embarrassment and tomfoolery, Joy Reid said. But things are different now. She is part of the House majority and a member of the Homeland Securities Committee majority, a member who wants to split the homeland apart. She played a clip of Green's Tuesday night interview with Sean Hannity. You would think Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson would be tired of getting roped into this crazy bullshit. But as long as they get viewers and they keep making money, they don't give a fuck what kind of problems they create for this country, what kind of danger they put people in. The last thing I ever wanted to see in America is a civil war, said Green. Well, it sounded like you wanted a civil war, but now you're... Now you're backpedaling on that. No one wants that. At least everyone I know would never want that. Really? Because all you motherfuckers kept talking about, there's a civil war coming. There's a civil war coming. Isn't Marjorie Taylor Greene the same woman who said, you know, if I'd been in charge of the January 6th insurrection, we would have won that thing. We would have taken the Capitol and I would have brought guns. But no, you don't want a civil war. Fuck you. 
Well, those comments, they doubled down on her call for secession made on President's Day, no less, at the risk of taking Marge seriously, which is always an intellectual hazard. Let's plan for a hot minute, Joy Reid said. First of all, the last time Southerners like Marge proposed a national divorce, it was because they were holding four million African Americans hostage as slaves, and they didn't want to let them go. Today, roughly half of African Americans still live in the 11 Southern states that compromise or comprise the Confederacy. And so if this national divorce happens, they would be trapped in an apartheid hellscape of a new country with zero health care, crappy public schools, and barely a right to vote. Except this time, it wouldn't be just black women. It would be all women. I don't even know why Marjorie Taylor gets press on these kind of comments. That's the sad thing here, you know? She makes some ridiculous statement and the media plays it like it's a thing. And it's not. That would never happen. That would never come close to happening. She can say what she wants. She could say, we're going to have the insurrections right up on unicorns next time and then we'll win. She can say whatever she wants, but none of it's going to happen. They don't have the power to make something like that happen. But for whatever reason, the media gives her credence and plays this. It's like all that's going on in the House of Representatives. You know, they're going to investigate this. They're going to investigate the DOJ. They're going to impeach Joe Biden. And the media will put it out there like, oh, my God, we got to be afraid. No, we don't, because none of that shit's going to happen. They don't have enough power in the House. It would never get through the Senate. And even if it did, Joe Biden would never sign it. They're all just dog paddling, trying to keep their heads above water, waiting to get fucking indicted. Now, we want to talk about um, the FBI. You know, and I, I... personally have a lot of troubles with the FBI. Christopher Wray appointed by Donald Trump. He replaced James Comey, I think, when Donald Trump got his ass fired. Uh, Why he's still the director of the FBI, I have fucking no idea. But in January, former FBI agent Charles McGonigal was arrested on federal charges that included money laundering and violating U.S. sanctions against Russia. The charges pertain to his connection to Russian billionaire Oleg Deripaska. Now, federal prosecutors, according to ABC News, had accused McGonigal of getting payments through shell companies and forging signatures in order to keep it a secret that Deripaska was paying him. Of course, McGonigal pleaded not guilty, but he's as guilty as you can possibly be. Now, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, and I really, really like this guy. If you've ever heard him talk, he's like an older white male, Katie Porter. He is, uh, I think he's a law professor, at least a lawyer, and he's smart as fuck, and he doesn't give a shit. If you ever get a chance to see him talk, let him talk. I would love to see him as president, only he kind of disqualifies disqualifies himself for me anyway because he's an old white man anyway 
Sheldon Whitehouse from Rhode Island, he's a Democrat, he chairs the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee, is reaching out to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland regarding the issue that McGonigal's case raises about Russia and the United States 2016 presidential election. McGonigal reportedly worked on the FBI's Trump-Russia probe that year, and clearly he is a traitor. You know, we keep hearing about how 2020 election fraud, it was a hoax, all fake news, all that shit. What we really should be looking at is 2016. I mean, let's be perfectly honest, when it first started the campaign, Donald Trump didn't have a chance, but all of a sudden in 2016, he did win the presidency. But in addition to that, we already know the Russians meddled in the 2016 election for the benefit of Donald Trump. So did Donald Trump actually win? We're finding out a lot about his criminality, his corruption, his lying, his stealing, his cheating. Maybe we should look at 2016 and find out if he really fucking won. I mean, Hillary Clinton did the honorable thing, and when it was over, she conceded and moved on. Now, Donald Trump can do that with 2020, but I'm willing to bet there may be some problems with 2016. Now, in a letter to Garland, White House wrote, McGonigal's arrest raises the potential for a plea and the possibility of a debrief. In the event that the debrief occurs, I would like your assurance that someone independent of the FBI will be involved. I mean, this guy was part of the FBI. We certainly don't want the FBI investigating it. I mean, we should question the FBI, and I know the Republicans are doing that too, but there are still people in the DOJ, in the FBI, that were part of the Trump fucking regime. Why they're still there, I don't know. I have no fucking clue. White House went on to express concerns that because of his work in the FBI's New York field office in 2016, McGonigal may have knowledge of or have participated in political activities to damage then-candidate Hillary Clinton and help then-candidate Donald Trump, which would make sense. He's connected to the Russians. He was working in the FBI. And Donald Trump won in 2016. I think we really need to look at that. That would be awesome if we could prove that there was some some underhanded shit going on in 2016. Then we can look at Donald Trump and say, you weren't even really elected in 2016. You haven't won one election. You cheated. You lied. You stole the election. I mean, we know they're all about uh, um, accusing Democrats of doing things that they are already doing. So the idea that he's accusing the Democrats of stealing the 2020 election That might reasonably be that they did the very same thing in 2016. I don't even know if it's worth going into that. That's water under the bridge. But Jesus fucking Christ. I just wanted to say one last thing before we wrap things up. A man who stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th and later threatened Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York was sentenced Wednesday to more than three years in prison and 36 months of supervised release. Next six years, 
He's going to be under the microscope. Prosecutors had asked for a sentence of 48 months in prison for Garrett Miller. He's an unemployed Texan who, they noted, was wearing a T-shirt bearing former President Donald Trump's picture and the words, I was there, Washington, D.C., January 6, 2021, when he was arrested weeks after the attack. Politics correspondent uh, Dara Gregorian wrote that. So once again, one of these dumb fucks, these toothless, redneck, stupid motherfuckers, fucked around and found out. Three years in the slam and three years under a supervised release. I hope that guy's enjoying his stay in in prison. I hope he thinks it's worth it. He failed on the insurrection, and now this dumb fuck's in jail. He expected Donald Trump to pardon him, and he didn't. You did something stupid. You got put in jail, and your Lord and Savior hung you out to fucking dry. I hope you're embarrassed by this, and I hope that three years in prison is the toughest motherfucking three years you've ever lived. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day. We'll try to get through this fucking snowstorm, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.